You are listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This, oh, what is this? This is an American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, lover of... There we go. You haven't done these at any of the live ones we've just done. Well, because you get so hostile. I love it. No, you get very hostile. I you, love it. There's eye rolling and and just a general. I'm bad playing vibe. my part. I'm I'm playing the, vi- the, I'm the vibes are bad. Up. The vibes are bad. I'm setting you up. I'm going like, gosh, this is the worst. But really, I'm going. Come on, buddy, punch yeah. it in. I'm not going to do it now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Read a story from American history to the guy who's interrupting me. <laughs> Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what he did. Well, I think we or know. Or what the topic is going to be about. I think we know, don't we? How do you feel right now about your behavior? Fine. I feel like I've been a good boy. And good boys deserve good how things. Is, how is that the answer? With I've been what? a good boy. Do you, you don't even know what a good boy is. I'm a great boy. A good boy is supportive, and he doesn't interrupt. and he, and he... I, Let me tell you something about not interrupting. Okay, I'm a on. great boy, and here's why. <laughs> I'm the best boy. The best boy. Uh, um, we're in a hotel. We're in a hotel. Kansas City. Uh, outside, yeah, yeah, I guess in Kansas City, technically. Uh, yeah. And uh, we we brought our, our camera guy, Luke, with us, who spilled, what would you call that? A, a I would say bucket, uh, a, a, a liter. Oh, that's more than a two, liter. Two, a ga- two gallons. That's a gallon. That's of, a gallon. That's a gallon container. We spilled of, a gallon of iced tea on the floor of the van today. Yeah. Casually. He, it's got a little straw hole, but he He's decided to show it. So if you're on that. Patreon, you'll be able to see it. That's a big boy. But I would say if you're not on Patreon, this is not worth joining Patreon <laughs> for. And I know that's probably <laughs> not what I should be saying, but uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> Just picture a big, dumb, white and red trucker cup. Yeah, that's exactly. And then imagine what it, is. it full of iced tea, and then imagine that slowly IV dripping on the van floor for two hours. Yeah. He did explain it, though. He said it's flat on the bottom, correct? Well, what I said was, I said, how could you buy that and uh, not expect it to fall over? Mm-hmm. And uh, his response was, it's flat on the bottom. So he, he understands well, I don't physics. know if he does, because it did spill everywhere. He understands physics. So it did spill everywhere. So oh. it's, you couldn't really have a defense as far as like how it was a, built. It is a fault in the in the. It's plan. great, too, because he, he can't really say anything. He's, he's just sitting there just sort of he, he with it, with the, his... With his sippy. He seems completely unconcerned about what's happening. It looks like if a... It might be worth joining the Patreon. It looks like (laughs) if a toddler... Like, it's proportionate to what a toddler's sippy cup would be, but he is a grown man. Well, it is a sippy cup. Why it's did a he giant look at the cup. dumb straw? Yeah. No, just, just come over here and show that a little bit clearly. More clearly. It, it's just... He had to get up off the ground. It's taking he was, 30 minutes. It is just... Caverns. Biggest, dumbest, and called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy! And a five-part coefficient. <laughs> now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo! No sleep tell hippo! Action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. Gareth, we are brought to you in part by Mind Bloom. Look, you need to take care of yourself. Uh, it's that's not a that's not a 
good response to mental health struggles. That's not a good thing to say to someone. You know, stuff like uh, live with it, uh, go out and look at trees or whatever. Uh, maybe it's time you actually do something. How about checking out a guided ketamine therapy program for Mind Bloom? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, a lot of people struggle with uh, mental health uh, issues over, uh, and, and they can, you know, overwhelm your life. Um, maybe someone you love has that problem and they've tried everything, or you, and Mind Bloom is uh, the solution for the next chapter in mental health and well being. Uh, so, what is Mind Bloom? Mind Bloom is the leader in at home ketamine therapy. They offer a combination of science-backed medicine with clinician and guide support for people looking to improve their mental health and well-being, which, you know, that's kind of everybody at this yep. point. Yeah. Uh, so what they do is they connect, uh, uh, Mind Bloom connects patients to licensed psychiatric clinicians to help them achieve better outcomes with lower costs, greater convenience, very artfully crafted experience. Uh, my wife is a therapist. She's been a therapist for years. She's a very, very popular therapist. Um, very big fan of Mindbloom. Mm-hmm. She has had clients that have used it that has been very successful. Um, so, yes, yeah, she, she actually wants to try it herself. She's a big fan. So that's a, that's a good one. My wife is generally considered to be a smart person. Yeah, I will be trying it soon. I will be trying it with you. Good. Welcome. Um, so what happens? They send you a kit in the mail, complete with medicine and treatment materials and tips for getting the most out of the experience. After only two sessions, 87% of Mindbloom clients reported improvements in depression and 85% reported improvements in anxiety. Well, I mean, are the, how are the numbers, Dave? Any uh, <laughs> positive uh, readings? <laughs> so, you know, give it a shot. Uh, let Mindbloom guide you. So right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash dollop and use promo code dollop at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com slash dollop, promo code dollop, for $100 off your first six-session program today. That's mindbloom.com slash dollop, promo code dollop. Yeah. Um, so we have no upcoming dates. No. I mean, it. tomorrow we'll be at a, a Yeah, we'll be Kansas in Kansas City. City. Uh, uh, but and that's then, it. Well, then we'll, have, uh, we, uh, we'll be announcing a live virtual show soon-ish. True. It'll be in January. We have a new podcast out oh, called right. The Pastimes, um, which people should check out. That is on the dollop feed. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, so so you will, uh, if you already subscribe to the dollop, you, it'll come on Thursdays and just pop up in the feed. And if you don't subscribe, go go into the dollop and, on Thursday and download it. There you go. Boom. And uh, I would also like to uh, remind people that November 14th, I'm releasing uh, my special, which is called England Weed and the Rest, through Moment. Uh, so you can go to moment.co slash Gareth Reynolds. That's November 14th. Comes out at 6 p.m. Pacific time. You can buy those tickets now. They're good for two weeks. But if you watch uh, on the night of the premiere, there's also a uh, after party where Luke, the guy with the uh, cup uh, that should be jailed, mm-hmm. um, is uh, also going to be there, and we'll be answering yeah. questions and all that stuff. So, you know, a couple years of work in the making. So please, if you can, go to moment.co slash Gareth Reynolds. Watch England, Weed, and the rest. On November 14th, I will be releasing Doves. 
Yeah, which I've asked you to, if you could wait a couple of days. and I think it's just the right time to do it. been a real asshole about it. There's going to be a lot of people. I have a lot of... It's live. <laughs> that would be a Online. great special title. <laughs> and I'll be releasing Doves, my latest special. <laughs> May 15th, 1912, year of our Lord, Jesus Cristo, the magic man. The sixth-place Detroit Tigers were playing New York's Hilltop Park. Oops, we're playing in New York's Hilltop Park. I was going to say, we're the Hilltop Park, so <laughs> well, never heard of them. Close enough, against the New York Highlanders. The Highlanders. The next year, they become the Yankees. In order to defeat them. You got to kill them. Cut their heads off. Cut their head off. There can be only one. Hell Every, yeah, how great would a game would that be? Oh, like rollerball and uh, yeah, baseball. They've been defeated. Take that, Tigers. What just happened? They're all Christopher Lamberti. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Give him the heater. Put a bunch of mustard on this pitch, okay? All right, I'll see what I can do. What? Come on, guys, dig deep. That's all of them. That's oh. the coach. Oh, yeah. Look, I got to take you out. You got noodle arm. Coach, don't take me out just yet. There can be only one. No, there's another one in the bullpen. What is his accent? Where is he? I think he's like Canadian French. He might be French uh, French. Uh, French French. But then it was like he was French. I mean, I really, I don't, I've never seen Highlander. I just know a hacky. You haven't? No, I know enough to get through a hacky statement. It's great. Oh, it's that's such a good movie. Oh, so well, you should start answering some of these questions. But I know Christopher Lambert was always funny. It was Christopher Lambert, and it was like, yeah, that's right, the Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Cut this out. Ty Cobb was on the Detroit Tigers. Oh, shit. Uh, Cobb was seven years into his career and would go on to be one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Oh, boy. In 1907, he hit a home run off Rube Waddell. Oh, gosh with two outs in the ninth inning to win the pennant for the Tigers, and he would consider it the greatest moment of his entire career. Wow. Yeah. Two. That's, that's the best moment of his career, because yeah. that's how good Rube was. Yeah, Rube was the, the big pitcher, and he hit to win the pennant he off probably, Rube. Rube probably showed up and was like, these guys aren't Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> and he was probably distracted. He was let down. He was like, nah. I don't understand what's going on nah. here. You said we were playing Tigers. Rube, just pitch. No. Dad, don't worry, Rube. Worst case, he cut off their leader's head. There can be only a Wandel. Um, so at this point in 1912, Cobb, Cobb had won six consecutive batting titles. Okay. Um, but he's generally disliked. Sure. He considered baseball to be, quote, something of a war. Okay. I mean, lighten up. Sure. Take it. It's just, it's sports. Well, Dave, they all have that mentality to some extent, right? Don't they really get all battled up before? I don't think they do. Some do. Some do. Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. I, especially like, now. A lot, it, now, well, yeah, now, what, that's one thing I love about watching sports now is you're like, man, look at all these millionaires who don't seem pretty ambivalent. Well, yeah. you're like, my heart hurts. And they're like, hey, worst case scenario, I go to my infinity pool. I'll never forget when uh, I was living in New York and the Yankees and uh, the Red Sox got into a brawl on the field. Mm -hmm. And I knew someone and they're like, I catered a thing that night. They had like a poker game and it was just all mm. Yankees and Red Sox hanging out. You know, that's not, <laughs> it's not a thing. It's all wrestling. 
Um, so um, he, so right, so he, he's uh, disliked. He's very intense. He has a notorious temper. Uh, he's a he's a pretty typical Southern racist. Okay, meaning um, that he's a racist. Yeah, he's just it's just like the the yeah the standard racism of the time. Sure. Um, Isn't that nice that we have like that? <laughs> just access to I that. I don't want to paint him as a worse racist. Look, he's just what you'd call your casual racist. <laughs> your casual, societally accepted racist. His rookie year, his mom shot and killed his dad. Which is pretty standard rookie stuff. Your mom is supposed to kill your dad when you get into the majors. David? What? There can be only one. Uh, but <laughs> He thought she was cheating. He went up on the roof, and then she shot him. And but it, he thought she was cheating. And he went up on the roof to watch, and she shot him. And then, but her story didn't match. So anyway, he was Ty Cobb was really bummed. He really. I mean, I'm not dad. trying to take sides, but as far as the dad situation goes, didn't come out on top. He got. He got. She's cheating. I'm gonna go watch from the roof. Fuck you. He's like, but you're the doing the bad stuff. Yeah, it's like a fornicating Santa death. Oh, that's how I want to go. <laughs> so. Uh, he was, uh, he was, he had a really hard time after that. He felt very alone on the team because he's in, he's from the South. He's in the very North, right? Sure. Up in Detroit. Has a hard time handling the usual rookie hazing, which, which is a lot, a lot worse back then. Mm-hmm. Than it, yeah, right. Now, you know, now it's like yeah. nothing, but then it was. We're going to cut off your head. There can only be one. Yeah. Yeah. Back then they were like, well, you got to have sex with the goat. Well, we're going to tear it from your pee hole to your butthole. <laughs> so. Teammates would cut his bats. Uh, they'd ruin his caps. Just wherever it's just always just constant, and sure. he's, it, he's hating it. He became a loner. Um, he was angry at the world because of his dad, mom sure. killing his dad, which sure. you know. Yeah. Um, so he forever he has an edge. I, I'm not going to go into cop here more because we'll probably do a dollop on him at some point. Oh, I thought that uh, was about to be what happens. No, because I know I don't know a lot, but I know terrible piece of shit, right? I uh, there's uh, some debate over that. Like this one one early David. biographer really really w- did like a sensationalized version right. of. So later historians are like eh, not as much maybe, but not still not a good guy, right? But not just not as demonic as. Just an average Southern racist. <laughs> with a temper. Yeah, with a temper. So his play was uh, above all. He's, he's, by 1910, he's the biggest star in the American League. Okay. His teammates still don't like him. They never got along after the rookie season okay. stuff. Um, opposing players don't like him. So nobody likes him. <laughs> He plays too hard. He, he goes it really hard. So his team doesn't like him. Other teams don't like him. O- opposing coaches don't like him. So nobody likes him. Um, a lot of fans don't like him. So he's not very, he's not well liked. He's still the biggest, he's the best baseball player. But nobody likes him. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to. Okay. Well, no, you, okay. Uh, at, a, at the game in New York on May 15th, Cobb was just viciously and endlessly heckled by New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the third game of a three-game series. They had Detroit had won the first two. Okay. And New Yorkers are really not happy. Right. One particular fan, Claude Lucker, had really been abusing Cobb for years. A, a fan named Claude Lucker? Yeah. Could be Lucker, but it's spelled Lucker. Okay. Um, he's been going after Cobb. He's been coming to games for years and right. and sitting near the dugout and just 
Uh-huh. Going <laughs> no, relentless. After. I well that that is always one of those things that I think is so amazing. It was like they hear you. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's your that's what I lo- loved about Twitter at the beginning. That I could just like Kim to reply to Kim Kardashian and be like, fuck you. You know, I was like, there's some openness here that I'm okay with. But like they hear you. So you know that you're going like Yeah, they hear you. I mean, they they might they might have gotten themselves prepared to a level where they can ignore you, yeah. they can rise above it, but they can still hear you just Oh, be they like, oh they hear you. Yeah. I went to an Angels game. Uh, my manager had gotten a right behind the dugout seat. Okay. Uh, no, right behind the batting uh, circle. It's like there was like a studio. Uh, uh, studio apartment. A studio apartment there. Um, he was living there. <laughs> he was living behind no, home plate. A suite. There's a little suite. Like they have suites right on the field. So he gets it, and I'm just like sitting there, and the players would be like four feet away from you. And Carl Everett was on Toronto, and he had just said he didn't believe in dinosaurs. So me and my buddy just sat there. Well, I'm going to need a second in general because, <laughs> like, we're used to some crazy <laughs> Kyrie <laughs> Irving shit right now, but... Chris, it's a super Christian belief that dinosaurs aren't real. Dinosaurs were put here uh, by God to try to uh, challenge your faith. Because the planet's but, so only 6,000... What are they, only, holograms? The planet's only 6,000 years old. No, they were planted uh, by God. But they were still here. It's a throw-off. No, it, it, they were put in... In it, so you'd think that oh, it's older. It's older. So what's God's angle? He's just it's like who's stupid. He's just—it's like a barometer for who's it's, dumb. It's a no. He's testing your faith. <laughs> Gotta tell you, at some How does point, this not make at sense. Some point, it would just be great for him to come down and just be like, "Look, here's what's going on." Instead, <laughs> be like, "Read the tea leaves for thousands <laughs> of years." Um. So me and my friend, uh, every time Carl ever came up, we would just start talking about how dinosaurs weren't real. Uh huh. And in the eighth inning, <laughs> he turns around and he goes, man, can you guys just stop? Uh, <laughs> I'm a tired I'm over Dosaurus, man. I just want to hit. Here, here, here's a great one. I, then we'll get back to the story. But my buddy Burns just told me about this. He was at a Phillies game. He's a Phillies fan. And he was at a Phillies uh-huh. game. And um, he was... It was the I think it was in Shea Stadium where the Mets play, and his buddy and all the Mets fans were were shouting about this guy. Um, I don't even know his name. K K S. Whatever. I don't know who the hell. I don't know anything about baseball. But um, oh Schwarber. Oh Schwarber. Okay. Schwarber. Right. So his Met friends and Met fans are chanting Schwarber's ugly, and um, and he said that one really got to me. But then when the chant died down, one, this is my buddy Burns who did this. One lone man stood up and yelled, don't listen to them, Kyle. Those guys are mean. You're very handsome. I thought about that guy all night long. That was my buddy Burns. <laughs> so he's like getting called ugly. And then one guy was like, you're handsome. And he's like, man, that guy's awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. So he's got Claude shouting Claude at him. Um. So he's been doing it for years. The, um, Lucker, Lucker was described by baseball historian Frank Russo as, quote, a Tammany Hall lackey and a two-bit punk. Wow, okay. So he's an assistant at Tammany Hall to the sheriff and somebody else. So why not show up at Tammany Hall and yell that shit at him? That'd be how you do it. <laughs> That's one way to do yeah. it. So Lucker, he's sitting close to the Tigers' dugout, and during the game on the 15th, 
He starts throwing insults. Cobb starts yelling back at him. So they're going back and forth, mm-hmm. as I think they've been doing for a wh- years. Uh-huh. And this goes on for the first two innings. Author Daniel Ginsburg uh, said Lucker was, quote, taunting Cobb with a steady barrage of profanity-laced abuse peppered with racial slurs. Okay. Just stuff you do at the time. So, so Claude is saying that to Cobb? Yeah. What? He's racial he, slurring? Him? He knows that Cobb is a, a, a southern racist, and so he's saying, like, you know, you're a black this and that. It, only in America can our <laughs> racism be so abysmal <laughs> that you can slur a white, but it's hard to process you're, that... You're calling him the thing he hates... To make him mad. Like, your racism is that deep where you're just like, it's very, it's very meta. It is very meta. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, it is tough. So, uh, <laughs> so Cobb uh, is so irritated that he goes to the Highlanders dugout uh, to try to find the club owner of the Highlanders Take to tell him head. to kick this guy out of the stadium. Okay. But he can't find the club owner. What? Okay. So then he goes to the cops, and sure. he says, uh, do something about this guy. And they're like, no, they're New York cops. Like, get out, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. What are you, fucking kidding me? Huh? Go fucking play baseball, baseball boy. Hey, that's, uh, that's actually a thing that we should respond to. Therefore, no. Or you can't handle a little uh, racist lip. So uh, he doesn't come back to the dugout for the second inning. He's the center fielder. And he just goes out past the fence and hangs out there. He Cobb sta- does. Yeah, he stays in the outfield. Um, <laughs> that would be ends. like, if you're Claude, you're like, I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you should go back to the home. I, I had a whole plan. I would love it if he just went back there. I hadn't seen him in a while. <laughs> but he has to bat in the fourth inning, so he comes back. Okay. For the fourth. And he walks right into the dugout and yells an insult at Lucker. Okay. Because he's probably out there in center field just stewing. Right. No, you're the black one. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. So Lucker then calls Cobb a quote half N word. Oh my God. And Cobb told. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah. And then Cobb goes to the opposing manager and says, You better shut this guy up or there's going to be trouble. Now, when Cobb says there's going to be trouble, mm-hmm. he's very well known for fighting. Right. Uh, both on and off the he's field. He's calling his shot like Ruth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, in 1907, a black groundskeeper keeper uh, said... No, no, a groundskeeper. Peeper, a groundskeeper. I'm going to just get a change on second base. <laughs> I'm going to be really low and just eyes up. Uh... <laughs> That guy's weird. Jerking are we, behind some ivy? Are we paying that guy? Yeah, yeah he's the groundskeeper. He's a groundskeeper. We find that his seeds are good on the seeds. So a black groundskeeper said hi to Cobb in a way that Cobb felt was too familiar. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that the way he did it was like, hello. Yes. And Cobb hey, was like, he pro- this is probably what he did. Hey, how's it going, Ty? Oh. Something like that. Oh. oh. So Cobb attacked him. 
Of course. And Dave, we're all very comfortable with how it used to be. <laughs> Hello. I'll kill you. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the groundskeeper's wife is there for some reason. She tries to stop it. Cobb starts choking her. Well, he didn't like the way she was trying to stop the attack. That's right. A little familiar. Have a little respect. A little familiar. Um, he had to be knocked out by the catcher to... Cobb had to be knocked out by the catcher. To stop it. There can be only one. Only one, and then he cut his head off. Right. Yeah. Um, so Cobb was actually charged with battery a year later when a black worker was irritated after Cobb walked through freshly poured asphalt he just put down, and uh, Cobb didn't like how he talked to him and attacked him. I mean, he's definitely initiating... <laughs> This. Yeah. Oh no. He's, he's definitely. Initiated. I think it's fair to say he's escalating. He's definitely an escalator. Yeah. Well, he's not an escalator, but you know. Well, I mean, I mean it'd be great if he was. He's more of an elevator. take on form of escalator. Oh, what have I done? Cobb. Okay, everybody, get on me. Cut off one of his stairs. So this is the guy everyone uh, wasn't ignoring when he said, "Get rid of that guy." Right. So nothing's done, <laughs> and the yelling continues. Goes into the sixth inning, and now the comment that he, yeah, the half, mm -hmm. it's still eating at him. Other Tiger players, like Sam Crawford and Jim uh, Delante, are asking Cobb what he was going to do about it. Now, mm -hmm. Sam Crawford hates Ty Cobb. They hate each other. Mm -hmm. So he's egging him on to get him to go do something. Oh, boy. Because he hates it. Right. And in the sixth inning... Cobb runs up into the stands. Oh, boy. He goes up 12 rows to where Lucker is. Wow. He quickly hit him with several punches in the face. <sighs> then knocks Lucker down and begins kicking and stomping him in the abdomen with his cleats. Jesus Christ. How did he get 12 rows without anyone being like, hey, buddy? Who's going to stop him? I guess. But then, okay, so then he's stomping on abs. Yeah. It's bad. Cleats are, they're metal cleats. Yeah, they're so people stuck. are like, oh, interesting. Oh, fun. Great. I God, our seats are awesome. Look at this. Oh, my God, I got blood on me. Oh, my God. I'm going to get his abs. Kick his abs. Fuck this guy. <laughs> and then someone yelled, quote, take me out to the <laughs> ball game. <laughs> someone yelled, quote, Cobb, that man has no hands. And uh. Cobb yelled back, Quote, I don't care if he has no feet, and kept kicking and stomping. This just became a lot weirder. <laughs> so Claude has no hands? Lucker had lost one hand and three fingers on the other hand in a printing press accident the year before. That's not very Lucker. That's definitely not very Lucker. So, yes, he is, he so, is handless. So, so Cobb is... Beating up a handicapped gentleman. Ty goes to the beater. Ty goes to the beater. Although, you know, you don't need, like, you could just have a stump and swing and make contact. Sure. Who are like you? If, uh, I'm just saying, I don't think not having hands is a problem in a fight. Great. So why don't we get rid of yours and put you in a situation? I'm not going to get rid of my hands. I don't need to prove a point. Well. But I think my point is I don't pretty like your solid. Angle. Nope. Not good at all. <laughs> nope. Would have been very, not going to say it, but helpful. Oh. Not handy. Well, Bones Jackson would disagree with you. Stop talking. 
Some fans try to pull him apart. So they move in to pull him apart. I thought you meant pull Ty apart. Separate his body. Okay. So some but people are... Some people are like, let's stop this fight. Uh-huh. But Cobb's teammates had rushed up behind him. Uh-huh. To, don't tell me they're making like a safety circle. Yes. They followed him, and then they held off the fans with bats. So they brought their bats up, and now they're like, you know, holding them like they're going to swing and hit people. So Cobb can keep bunch, punching the guy with no hand uh, and no and okay, two we fingers. Sure. Altogether, and, two fingers. Sure. Um, and is that because they want the worst for Cobb? No. They, they did want Cobb to, to beat this guy up. They just wanted the man beaten, and they were just like, form, form circles around Cobb. <laughs> Let him kill this guy. Let him go. God, I love baseball. There can't be only one. <laughs> So an umpire and a cop finally got up there and pulled Cobb off the guy. He's out of here! You're out! Cobb was obviously ejected from the game. On what grounds? I don't know. What was the grounds peeper doing? He was like, oh, this is hot. Boy, this is exactly what I wanted. So steamy. The New York Tribune's headline was, Cobb turns to boxing. Nice. It's one of those ones that if you're like, oh, interesting. I thought he was a baseball player. Like, you should, you should probably just be a little more explicit in the headline. The article said a, quote, noisy fan in the left field stands at yesterday's game heaped abuse and vilification on Ty Cobb until the outraged player was provoked into administering a well-deserved beating. So they're really, they're, <laughs> there's, a, an, there's a slant. It's a different time. Yeah, right. They're very... I well, mean, he said some stuff. Well, Ty Cobb was right for beating the handless man. <laughs> we don't feel bad about getting on that side of this. That's where we think it is. Can we just talk about Luke right now? You mean the ice teed mermaid? Well, what is he? He's got his head on a shelf. He's laying on his side with his big stupid sippy cup on a little shelf with a microwave above his head. <laughs> Just how God intended. <laughs> so, uh, the president of the American League happened to be doing a tour of stadiums and he was there. Oh, wow. Is it always like this? Uh, Do they always beat well, that this man is without not, well, I, I've been to a stadium in a Why while. Why are but... the other teammates forming a circle? Do you want to guess the attendance, sir? <laughs> I suppose. Oh, it's one less. Yeah. <laughs> so the American League president's name We're is... going to give everyone a guess as to how many people died at tonight's event. <laughs> Seven. Zero. <sighs> four or one. Oh, God. Four, I think. Not seven. Uh... Four. Not zero. It's not. Not four. Oh, no. One man oh, was murdered tonight's game. If you said one, one, you have a moral victory. You win peanuts. You win nothing. Um, so the American League president's name is Ban Jackson. <sighs> okay, let's... Sure. Ban Jackson. Ban Jackson. Nice. Uh, and uh, he's horrified watching what's happening. Uh, and what is it about this situation that he's not into? Well, the play the is beating delayed. of the disabled man. Play is delayed. Oh, that's what it is. Um, yeah, we have a brain delay. It's the beating. He's not into sure. it. He immediately suspends Cobb indefinitely. Nice. The next game is Friday the eighteenth in Philadelphia. Okay. And even though many players do not like Cobb... Can Luke lay on your bed? Yeah. 
even though many of the players don't like Cobb, they, uh, they're teammates, but they're also really tired of all the abuse they're getting from the fans. Right. So this is... And they want something done about it. Right. Okay. So they backed the shit kicking. Okay. Cobb, quote, a ball player should not be expected to take everything as we have some self-respect and cannot endure more than human nature will stand for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'm thinking what got him into the stands was being called a slur that he hurls. Yeah, probably. Sort and of also, takes some of the shine off of the movement. This would be like if comedians just came out of off the stage and just started beating the shit out of people. Like, it's the same thing. Be a great closer. Oh, my God. And now I'm going to beat the fuck out of this guy who wouldn't <laughs> shut up all show. <laughs> you know what? There's some comedians I could see doing this soon. I've definitely heard of comics, like, looking out and being, like, starting shit. Well, you've seen the the guitar hit, right? Yes. It's one of the great... If you, if, if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go uh, just Google... Uh, 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 Comedian hits audience member with guitar. <laughs> it's he deserved that. No, he didn't. <laughs> it's so good. Great closer though. Yeah. Um, so uh sixteen Tiger players now vote to go on strike to protest Cobb suspension. Wow, okay. They said they would not take the field again until Cobb is reinstated. All right. Because he did what was right, Gareth. Ah, shut up, Dave. <laughs> Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Jeez. Ban Johnson is not the type of man to back down. I mean, he's banning him. He's, how do you think they got, I got that name, yeah, asshole? What do, you, what do you think? I'm Ban Jackson. I was born to ban, baby. Yeah. So hearing he hears the threat of the strike, and he tells the Detroit owners... If uh, you strike in baseball, you have to be like, We're on strike! <laughs> We're out of here! 
<laughs> so he tells the Detroit Tigers owner that the team will have to forfeit every game that they don't have players out, and he will find the team $5,000 every game. Wow. That's $150,000 in today's Christ. money. So the players in a letter, they write a letter to Johnson. Uh-huh, Jackson. Uh, ban, band, uh, ban Johnson, Jackson. Pardon, sir? Ban, ban, it's Johnson. I thought you said Jackson. No, Ban Johnson. Did I say Jackson? You said Jackson earlier. Did I? Yeah. No, I said I didn't. I said Jackson about something else. I said for those uh, of you listening, please I said Bone. Go back. Ja- I said Bone Jackson when I was talking about the oh with the fight. Okay. I mean, it could be wrong. You know, I I, no. I, I get stuff messed up all the hey, time. Hey, I'll tell you something. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want is for them to Ben Johnson. Cut this out. Yeah. Okay. In a uh, letter to uh, Ban Johnson, the players wrote, quote, if the players cannot have protection, we must protect ourselves. So they're basically saying, shut the fans up or we're going to fucking be kill vigilant. We, yeah, yeah, we're It's be time vigilant. for us to go on yeah. the stands and beat the shit up. Right. By the way, from a pure entertainment standpoint, I'd be like, okay, let's give it a year. It's a totally let's different... Let's see for one yeah. season how that ends up going. Yeah, let's yeah. just check it out. Everything gets a chance. Yeah. So the owner is now panicked because he knows the players are very serious and he knows Ban Johnson is very serious. Uh-huh. Um, th- this could lead to the end of his franchise and very quickly. Like, the team could fold because it's $150,000. Like, right. he, he can't He's the Tiger that. King, this guy. He's Tiger King, yeah. So he orders the manager to put any team he can find out on the field. He's like, you're going to put a team Please out Please tell there. me Claude's a member of it. <laughs> this is an ironic truth that I fully support, sir. <laughs> now, they go to Philadelphia. They're in Philadelphia when this happens. And the Philadelphia manager, Connie Mack, who's like a really famous man. He, he managed the team for 50 years. So what? He is like a legendary manager. Uh, what do we do now? I don't know. What is that? That's a ball, Connie. Uh, oh, no. I'm going to have to take you out, rookie. Take me out? Oh, no. What do you mean, oh, no? Where? Should I not have said that? Okay, what? Oh, The game hasn't started, coach. Oh, we got this one then. Which one? Oh, hit the showers, boys. Yeah, no, the game's in an hour. Hit the toilet. The game's in an hour. Everyone, oh, uh... Give him this stinking heat. Okay, coach. Oh, the games are getting later and later. It's it, it's eleven a.m. Oh, I ate my supper at the wrong time. Should we go warm up, coach? Mm, no, no. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, oh, I feel so bad. I hurt Martha's feelings for her birthday. Coach. Hmm? Should we go warm up? Ah. Oh, why? We already... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, no. Oh. Um. Oh, I'll pitch. <laughs> okay. Oh. So, Connie Mack... 
uh, tells the uh, the the Detroit manager, he goes, "You should just get a team of local guys who play ball around Philadelphia, and if you need to, put them out there so you don't get fined." It's. I mean. Uh, we're in the preview part of the movie. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, why don't you just get a bunch of people from the local area and make them your team? Twentieth Century Fox presents. So it sounded like Mark a, Wahlberg. It sounded like a decent idea to the manager. So he calls up a sports writer he kn- he knows and is like, "Can you help me find players?" Now, preseason is called spring training mm-hmm. uh, or spring. At this time, spring ex- ex- exposition. Ex- ex- exhibition. Yes. Exhibition. Expo- the spring exhibition. Uh, so during that time, the Philadelphia A's had a team of second stringers who were called the Yanigans. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's no. I haven't heard a thing that's puzzling. So the sports writer knew the team's assistant manager, Alan Travers who currently was a 20-year-old seminary student and also the assistant manager for the, the seminary team. The seminary team? Yeah. The, yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's not all very normal, right? It's totally fine. <laughs> so the writer reaches out and asks Tavers if he can find 10 to 12 players who would be ready to play if the Tigers refused to take the field on Monday. Um, he, said, he said, look, Detroit would lose the franchise if they don't put a team on the field, and they just have to take the field. They don't have to play. They just have to take the field. Well, let them play. But that's like, that's like they might right. not want to play if they're just... Sure. Well, they'll probably be fumbling over their little robes and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Right. Uh, so Travers is like, yeah, I can do that. Quote, so I went down to 23rd and Columbia where a bunch of fellows were standing around the corner. Hey, boys, want to be a professional baseball team? Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to go. We was going to go bowling. Are we still going bowling? Come on. Why don't you be the Tigers this season? Um, yeah. What does that mean? You'll be the Tigers this year. Come which, on. Which sport are we talking about? Oh, baseball. It doesn't really matter. I've never done that one. Come on. Let me introduce you to your manager. Oh, no. Oh, no. No to, oh, gosh. So he finds some of those guys are like, yeah, we'll do it. All right, we'll be the Tigers. Uh, each player was going to get $25 for the day if they played. Sure. Six of the players are Sandlotters, so just guys who, you know, like. We're from the just movie, the amateur, Yeah, uh, but just like amateur, get together. Get, uh, Stick pick ballers. Up, pick up games. Right. You know, right? Um, two were uh, uh, local amateur boxers. Good. You're going to need those for when the Claude's at the game. <laughs> uh, they must have... Uh, some of them must have felt it was going to be a problem because one guy was named uh, John Coffey. He was 19 years old, and he used the alias Jack Smith. Okay. So, so they, they knew it was going to be a problem? Well, they are uh, scabs. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Right. Like they are taking, they are, it is a team on strike. We're going to find this Jack Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so they arrive at Shibby Park. At er- Shitty Park? Shibby. Oh, okay. Early on game day, and the manager tells them to sit in the bleachers. Go to the bleachers. And, and he just Pretend wait. you're fans. Yeah, just pretend you're fans. Yeah. Correct. So... 
very surprisingly, I guess maybe word is out. I'm not sure why. It is definitely a, a great baseball day. It's like, you know, 72 degrees, sunny. It's like a great day. 20,000 people come, oh, wow. which is huge, a huge attendance for right. Pac-Man. So uh, game time is at 2.30, and the Empire yells, play ball. Okay. And the Tigers come out of the clubhouse, out of the dugout. The, new, they, the fake Tigers. Nope. The Tigers. Sure. Our seminary boxing team. No. The real Tigers. The real Tigers. Oh, okay. Come out. They go onto the field. They take their positions, including Ty Cobb, who goes out to center field, his usual position. And then the umpire closest to Cobb signals for him to leave the field. Right. Because he's suspended. Not supposed to be there. So Cobb angrily marches off the field, and all of his teammates follow him. Okay. And they go right into the clubhouse. Okay. So into the dugout and then gone. That should be called the Cub House for the Tigers. The, yeah. That's, yes. Or the Cubs. Sure. So they go in there, they take off the uniforms, and they get back in the street clothes. Okay. This is the first strike in the history of baseball. Non-batting. Correct. Well, well done. Thank you. The Tigers manager now signals to Travers in the stands to bring the guys down to the clubhouse. I love that he's got, a, like, a, like, he's probably just like... <laughs> yeah, he's doing baseball sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just imagine sitting in the stands and everyone's like, well, what the hell are we going to do? And all of a sudden, 12 guys are We're guys the new in. Tigers. Welcome to Tiger 2, boys. We're the Tigers. So, uh... So they get up, and they go into the clubhouse, and they put on the uniforms that the players had just taken off. Wow. And then uh, they signed one-day contracts on the spot. That's the time to negotiate a little bit. Too. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I think $50. I, now, so you're going to get cost 25 So I feel like we could actually do... 100 Yeah. Yeah, $100? But instead, they're like, cool. Oh, hey, 25 Yeah. Yeah, I would have totally. Yeah. yeah, you got to. So um, now they're all official Detroit Tigers. Now, Connie Mack, the old manager of the... He's not old now, but the uh, manager of the Philadelphia so fun. I know. Uh, also happened to be one of the owners okay. of, of, the Philadelphia, of the Philadelphia A's. He originally told the Tigers, just take the field that we won't play the game so you don't get fined. Right. But now that there's 20,000 fans... Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Right. And he's like, no, we're going to play the game. <laughs> he also thinks, well, his players can just, you know, up their stats. There's, and the new Tigers have had no practice as a squad in any way. They're just Not like, at all. Right. So they're just from, from, from street, to, street to this game. Yeah, some of them don't know how to play baseball. Well, now, Dave, that's an interesting sign. <laughs> now, that's interesting that you signed some of that. The boxers? Yo, just hit them in the cheeks. <laughs> now, now, listen, this is a bit more nuanced. There's some strategy here. All right, a guy hit the ball. Go punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a couple to the body, Jerry. Take your gloves off when hitting. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> he takes his shirt off. He's just in shorts. Let's do this. Puts his mouth guard in. Here we go. After one swing, a guy comes over, puts water in his mouth. You got this. Spit in the bucket. Come on. We Let's gotta, cut, his eye. cut his eye. Cut his eye. Do we got a cup man here? Yeah, cut his eye. 
Um, so, so, uh, so yeah, the, the, he's like, we can up our stats for the guys. So the Tigers manager can't believe it. That, that's not this what he was told. He's right. like, this is not the, the promise. Uh, but he's not going to argue with Connie Mack because Connie Mack's a legend already in the There's game. There's probably a drunkard drunkard or two there who are just like don't know like some guy probably went to take a piss and came back and was like alright let's go boys I can't believe Cobb's actually getting to play the game that's pretty good same uniform hold on Cobb has one leg that's what right. the hell happened oh, look at this unbelievable <laughs> why is Cobb standing backwards I what? didn't know Cobb was a boxer <laughs> why is he a boxer I mean I kind of knew he was I guess uh, so he tells he tells them to take the field. He's got to go right, out guys, there. All right, guys, wherever you want to stand, stand. <laughs> now, one of you's got to toss, one of you's got to catch, and the rest of you just stand around. So, a couple of very crucial positions in baseball: the catcher who has to catch every pitch, mm-hmm. and the first baseman who has to be able to catch all the throws to him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the Tigers manager talks two of his coaches into playing. Okay. <laughs> Jim Deacon McGuire, who's 48 years old. Wow. But he had been a catcher back in the day, which they desperately would need in this game. And this game. is, what year is this? Like 1920? This is 1915. So this is 48 and no, 1915. Uh, I think it's 1915. So this is like... Yeah, you're like 104. I mean, it's closer to 55, 60 on the, the field. Uh, the 80. 80? Yeah. And then he could be the old guy voice for the episode. Huh? It's a shame we already cast him. Go ahead. <laughs> so... So they desperately need that, um, and then the other coach is forty-one, and they put him at first base. So they had two, uh, you know, baseball players. Yeah, at least baseball historian Al Stump called it "quote the most farcical lineup the majors had ever known." Wow. But the team would need a pitcher, mm, of course, and they didn't. They didn't. He didn't go out and pick these guys based on positions. He was just like, "You look like ball players." And really, none of them want to pitch because they're pitching against the team that won the World Series last year. Like, these guys are... It, it is like... It's stressful. <laughs> it's, a stress, it's a stressful moment if you're like, all right, so who wants to pitch against the world champs? Uh, so he says, look, I'll pay $50 to anyone who pitches. Oh so you get God. double the rate. Double the rate if you'll pitch. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a murder. Yeah. Yeah. So Travers said, I'll do it. Sure, I'll do it. I'll can we do underhand? Bucks. Yeah, I'm going to throw... How many uh, times can it bounce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. He did not tell the pitcher he'd never pitched in his life. He's played baseball. Um, and, you know, now he's going to be pitching, pitching against, against the world champions. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, he's not a natural athlete, Travers. He's not. Um, he, I feel he, like he's probably not a great guy to be pitching. He's uh, he played some stickball as a kid. Boy, they're a lot bigger than sticks. Um, but his mom wanted him to be a musician and dreamed he would play with the Philadelphia Symphony Orchestra. So she really pushed that. She screwed me for this moment. <laughs> so he's a, he played violin. Oh, the same difference. Um, uh, so it, yeah, and he's he's a junior at St. Joe Seminary College. Though uh, he is uh, he is playing violin in the in the school orchestra. Yeah, but I don't know if that's a though. It's uh, it helps with baseball. Not with the really dexterity. Mm, not sure. Uh, he also uh, he dabbles in acting. He just was in the uh, well. Good, school. pretend you're a pitcher. 
He was just action. In a school play. He was in a school play. So he has some the skills. I, like when I think back to school play age. Yeah. No experience. <laughs> My little actor arm. Yeah, I couldn't really figure that one out. Ouch. Um, he was not, good however, pitching. good enough to make the high school varsity baseball team. So there's a guy pitching against the World Series champions who couldn't make a varsity team. That is correct. At the seminary school? No, this is high school. Okay. He couldn't make the high school varsity team. Okay. Still pretty bad. So pretty bad. Instead, he became the team assistant manager, and he would Come write... Come on, guys. Don't forget your cups. <laughs> Have some water, guys. That's his role. And now he's yes. like, let's pitch. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, you want a towel? I mean, there are probably guys there who were like, "Yeah, I could pitch. Yeah, and you guys want me to go down I there? Could I, could, I can do this. Probably do a lot better than this guy. Yeah. So, oh, he would write up summaries of games for the school paper also. So he knew baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not exactly major league baseball material, I think. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Didn't make his high school team. And he's going to be in front of 20,000 people pitching. So maybe nerves will be a bit of a factor. There's probably a couple things going on right now. Yeah. And instead of Connie Mack taking it easy, because these are a bunch of guys okay. who have never played baseball. He's like the stack guy. He put out his best team. Wow. So he was like, let's show it. All the regular starters... His infield at the time was called the $100,000 infield because it had two Hall of Famers, third baseman Frank Home Run Baker. Home Run Baker? (laughs) Not cool. Frank Home Run Baker. Baker. Fuck the kid with that nickname, right? Home Run Baker. (laughs) Um. Hall of Fame second baseman Eddie Collins. Uh, amazing shortstop Jack Barry and very well-respected first baseman Stuffy McKinnis. That's right. I stuff some. Most of this is cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Mac played the best players, the starters, all nine innings. He didn't replace anybody. Jesus Christ. If you're just joining us, it's the third inning, 141 to nothing. <laughs> Four dead. Four have died on the field. I've never seen so much throw up. I did not know baseball could go through a man. We, uh, at this point, the starting shortstop's a bunny rabbit. (laughs) We've got the groundspeeper, who is now playing second base. Although he was ejected in the seventh inning for the stretch, which I'm not going to get into anymore. Very upsetting. Now, the one part we ask you to not stretch during the seventh inning. I actually called the cops, Jim. Of course you did, who are now actually starting for the team as well. (laughs) We have the police force as well out there. And, of course, uh, Claude Lucker out there. He's uh, he's, I would call him a stump, but he's out in uh, left field. Call him the best player they have out there, to be quite honest (laughs) with you. Um. Now, interesting ma- decision to make a uh, bicycle the catcher. So oh, that'll be puzzling. What are they going to do, though? No, it's been worked out pretty well for him so far. Two of uh, the three pitchers that uh, Mac pitched during the game were huge, huge stars. One was a hall- future Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because of this game. That <laughs> game was unreal. Um, they would strike out the replacement players 16 times in the game. Whew. And so that's, if you don't know, that's, you get 27 at-bats if you don't get any hits. Yeah. Um, they struck out. That's so times. many Ks that Ty Cobb was like, I feel comfortable. I- 
So the replacements, um, it started uh, uh, pretty exciting for him. Like, this is, you know, kind of crazy and fun. And then it turned pretty quickly into and uh, this nightmare. And this. <laughs> Baseball players are used to fast pitches, so sometimes a super slow pitcher can throw off hitters. Sure. Travers said he was throwing very slow curves. Now, the reason he was doing that is because the manager told him not to throw any fastballs because they would kill him. So, like they would, would hit it, him? Though they would hit it so hard okay. that he might die. I'm going to get killed? Okay. <laughs> so he's, I mean, but if you're not able to make your high school team, you you're throw, like, I got to throw, I got a curve. Okay, I've seen this. You see this a lot at Finn's age. There's really fast pitchers, mm-hmm. and then they bring in a guy who can barely reach the plate. Sure. So the ball comes in, and then you swing at it, but, right, it's, but you're, it's and it's, it's harder it's, to it's, hit. It's dropping, right? Because it can't go that far. But is that a strike? It, yes. If you if you not throw if you it, swing, but if it like lands if you throw there. it if you throw it where it's just dropping when it gets to the plate, it is a strike. If it hits if it hits the plate. If it hits the plate, it's not. Right. But these are usually, they just start falling when they get to the plate, and so then they just drop down. So you want a guy with a nice arch who's basically hitting the catcher chode. Yeah, it's That's great. That's a dynamite pitch. Uh, well, it's a weird way to... Um, See, the catcher does the chode signal. I don't think that's a thing. I'm going to yeah, go... Gotcha. Let's shut I off the gotcha. camera. Can we shut up the camera? Can we blur? Oh, he wants a chode. I'm sorry. He Actually, keeps shaking it off. Don't, no, not the don't, chode. Um, don't chode su- him. Chode him. Don't subscribe to Patreon. Not the not the chode. Chode him. Chode him. Chode him. Inside chode. Left leg chode it. What do you get the chode? Toss the chode. Give me the sinking meat. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> sinking meat. Um, so quote. I was doing fine until they started bunting. The guy playing... What a crazy situation. So they're like, look, this is... We're going to have to fight crazy with a little crazy here. Let's start bunting. The guy playing third base had never played baseball before. I just didn't get any support. So when you... If you don't know baseball... nuts, huh? If you don't know baseball, you're basically... The pitch comes in and you you just tap. You just tap it and, yeah. it, and it rolls right, you know, Small, usually short. toward the third baseman. And the third baseman has to know when you start to bunt, he has to charge in. So the guy playing and third doesn't... And then throw to first. Yeah, and then throw to first. So the guy it's playing third guy. doesn't know that. And right. he's, he just stands there and he just keeps looking at it going, I don't know what you want Oh, me. these guys can't hit, huh? <laughs> I think these guys might be from the street, too. What do you call tapping it? Are they tapping wow. it? Um, so he says, I didn't get any support. No one in the grandstands was safe. So they were, when you pitch really slow, it does get hit, but usually it gets hit foul. Right. Because you're coming around on it so quickly because it's so slow. So people over on the third base side are, like, terrified probably. (laughs) (laughs) I threw a beautiful slow ball, and the A's were just hitting easy flies. Amazing that he said that. I threw a real beautiful slow baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a real waffling bird. Trouble was, no one would, ca- no one could catch them. He, he, I look. He probably didn't want to deal with the reality that he. Did. No, no. I, I genuinely think, I think, based on having seen this a lot, I think that the balls were so slow that they were trying to hit them, and and they, they probably. But had he's never... basically saying it's a fielding issue. Well, it is because well, it's a whole it's a it's a it's a root to top issue. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a root to top issue, absolutely. But he's saying 
the balls that should have been out, they're not out. Right, right. Right. Um, because they're basically, f- they're flailing. Like, they're trying to hit yeah. it, but they're way ahead of it, and it's just popping up. So, I, I yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm separating their shoulders one by one. <laughs> we have a shot here, guys. Give him the chode, me, tanky. So, he, Travers pitches the whole game, and he gives up 24 runs on 26 hits. Okay, so, not and great. It's like 10 errors or something crazy. Sure. He walks seven, and he strikes out one. That guy that was like, guy, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's 19 oh, foul balls. I Nobody, not for the rest of the year. For the rest of the year, the other guys on the team. And you remember when that guy who doesn't know how to play uh, baseball struck out, Jimmy? Well, what do you know? Uh, spaghetti got you out with an underhander. <laughs> uh, look. <laughs> that is terrible. Uh, the A's won 24-2. He set a major league record for most runs allowed in a nine-inning game. Wow. 24. They got two runs. I don't. So. so They got two runs. One guy. By the way, that's a record to this day. 24-2? Um, uh, him giving up 24 runs. Uh, 24 runs. One himself. guy, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one guy got two hits. One guy got two triples. Two triples. Ed Irvin. He went two for three. So there must have been a he guy. Went two for three. So there must have been a guy who got walked. I think it was like Jesus in a ba- baseball outfit. <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> so there must have been a guy on base when he did that, or he got in on a wild pitch or something like after. Still, he got two triples. Yeah. Crazy, right? Wild. Oddly, one of the boxers, Bill Maharg, played two innings at third and had two throwouts and no errors. However, he was hit in the mouth by a ground ball and lost several teeth. Okay. <laughs> but for a boxer, he's like, <laughs> come on, dig deep, I've got this. Wow. <laughs> he said, quote, several teeth. <laughs> But the thing is, is he made the out, or it would be an error. Right. So that means he got hit in the face by the baseball, picked it lost up. a bunch of teeth, picked it up and threw it, and then was like, well... Probably the threw th- the ball like with a handful of his teeth, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just let it go. <laughs> Ow! Hey, Marburg, you want this teeth? It was, a, it was in the ball. That's good field in there, pal. That's good stuff. I Everyone, thought... next time, get your mouths in front of these. <laughs> Stop it with your mouths, boys! Come on, let's call these mouth or grounders. Uh... Maharg said, quote, this isn't baseball, this is war. Which one's that? The guy who got hit in the mouth. Well, I'm sure it was actually a little more like, you didn't baseball. This is war. What's Billy saying? Alright, guys, look. We're done by what? We could be done by more. What? Or it could be done by what? Nobody believes in us. Nobody gives us a shot today. What? Nobody. Go on. Look around the stand for a minute, would you? Uh, Look at all the people. Now, there's a lot of people out there things after they don't mean What? I look at the place that some of the kids out there. No kids could be doing something. What? I think, the, I think my face on the place of the bravado of the kids. So, what I think we got to do. Okay. What we got to do. Okay. Put all on your mind. What? Put all on your mind. Okay. Um. As far as we know, 
Oh, the guy with the deal right now. You know, I love. Yeah. Farmer will come to her. All right. Come to her. So we got to get back out there. The inning's over. Uh, we are at bats are up. I, I'm having trouble remembering what's going on a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. I don't the know what you're The ball really quacked me in my face. Yeah, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But you can hardly tell. Let's just, no matter what happened, uh-huh. we are forever bonded as brothers after today. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a great thing. The woodcock rap sound. Yeah. No, I would ask a question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know. It's uh, fresh. What? It's a all right to the artist team. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, for no question. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't Are know. Are you come? Like, no, I thought. No, I. I'm sorry. What? All right. I want to marry your sister. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, you want to marry my sister? Um, no, we're close enough. I, uh, sure, I don't, yeah, you can marry my sister, whatever that is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The papa of our wife. <laughs> okay. Huh. I'm a wife also. Oh, my tongue is so big. Yeah, it's you're really small. I'm gonna bat with it. You look like a puffer. I'm gonna bat with uh, my tongue. Okay, you look like a puffer fish. Yeah, cool. So the crowd did not enjoy Just it. one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd did not enjoy the game. They considered it a joke. I would have loved the game. I would have absolutely loved the game. Oh, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It's fantastic. But the fans, many of them were disgusted, and they left after the third inning. They asked for refunds. Bring back that racist. <laughs> yeah. The replacement players had basically been abused by rich assholes, right? Like, they had been taken advantage of, but they also could have walked away. So they are scabs. Right. Yeah. Right. 100%. Now, the New York sheriff, who was Lucker's boss at Tammany Hall, said, quote, the folks in my district don't believe a trained athlete assaulting a cripple. That's all. So they're... Here goes that logic. <laughs> so they're like, not only is the game not going well, but they're like, yeah, this guy's like, they're you know, they're yeah, piling fuck. it on. Yeah, right. Um, so the next day, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, well, I moved this ahead. Um, well, this is what we call the seventh inning stretch of the podcast. Oh, okay. So we okay. take a... Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, here we go. So the next day, uh, it's Sunday. There's no baseball on Sunday. Yeah, at this time. Right. Yeah, because it's the Lord's Day. God is... God, blah, blah, blah. Uh, excuse me. What? No. It's God Day. God, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, because you're... Tis the day mm-hmm. of praying for he who hath given us the bounty of like, loads. Yeah, I said blah, blah, blah. He is... We rest because he is too a little bit. Hmm, I'm not sure exactly how it works. Um... It's the day of the dinosaur test. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, were there dinosaurs? He's a sleeposaurus. The correct answer. Uh, so, Ban Johnson. When I, when I was like six or seven, they had us draw dinosaurs in kindergarten. I sure. remember when I drew a dinosaur and a caveman. Yeah. And my teacher. I just remember. I didn't, couldn't. Re- she, she explained it to me after, but I was like, that's what they were doing. And she's yeah. Like, well, it's not. Well, like, tell me. No. This kid's not going to do great. No, He'll is, probably think, I hope you find comedy. I think Benjamin Franklin's the president. <laughs> for a while. I bet if you asked Americans 
I bet if you ask them, it was uh, he a president? Forty percent would say Ben Franklin was a well, president. Well, then why did you higher, mock me maybe for higher? thinking that at a live show? Because I mock yeah. dumb Americans all the time. But that's what you just said is hurtful. Still, I know, I know, but it was it was dumb. But you just said. I know. I, I guess what you're saying is you're a typical American. Y- y- there's a lot of you dumb ones out That's there. That's right. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, there's strength in numbers, right, pal? Yeah. <laughs> but you know all about frogs and nature and stuff. Like you, President if, Frogman. If people wanted to talk to you about fish and insects, and love to talk about bugs, bighorn sheep, like you would know. Yeah, let's go. That stuff. Like you're a, a nature man. Yeah. Ben Johnson. Some moles got really weird noses. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Johnson immediately canceled the game on Monday and then called the mandatory meeting with the striking Detroit players. Okay. He told them if they struck another day, he would ban them for life. Wow. I, the going at them. Took it up a notch. Uh-huh. Now, they know Ben Johnson is... You think he, we don't feel comfortable going out there and playing with that great squad we had the other day? <laughs> Come on. What are you talking about? I mean, sure, one of them wants dental insurance, but outside of that, we've got them by the nuts. God, by the time the, 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 like a, a week goes by, they would have no faces left. Huh, oh, I didn't realize you were having a meeting. Uh, I left my house key in the room. I'll come back in a matter of time. Yeah, great, thanks. Hey, it's good to meet somebody. I'm a no, real big no. fan. No. Hey, I love watching what I play sometimes. <laughs> so, so he says he'll ban them for life, and his name is Ban Johnson, so you got to take yeah, it seriously. right. Um, so they head for DC for the next series, and in a rare moment of actual humility, Cobb tells his teammates to not jeopardize their careers for him, and he says, end the strike. So Ben Johnson's threat worked. The next day, the Tigers took the field, and the one-day strike was over. Every Tiger was fined $100. Wow. <laughs> Cobb was only fined 50 Interesting. Because technically he didn't go on strike, right? He was he was suspended. He would almost killed a man in the stands. Uh, is that yeah? That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Johnson reduced Cobb's suspension to ten days, retroactive to May sixteenth. So he's playing again eight days later. Right. Pretty fast for what he did. Yeah, I mean he beat him. Beat a, a guy with a man without hands. Hand. Yeah. yeah. It probably helped that Cobb had uh, threatened to sue Major League Baseball for what. For the punishment. Right. Uh, Tavers uh, became a celebrity to all his friends in, you know, the neighborhood. His mom, however, was not as excited. Tavers was the one who got the couple hits? He's the pitcher. He's the the pitcher. Slow pitch. Mm -hmm. Uh, His mom was not excited because the day after the game, there was a picture of him in the paper with the caption, Strike Breaker, under it. And at that time, there was a trolley worker strike in Philadelphia, and she was worried he would get attacked by, quote, hooligans. Right. Fair. Yeah. Um, he wasn't. Uh, There's a rumor that floated around. I told him, just stick to violin. None of this would have ever <laughs> happened if he just stuck to the oboe. Violins don't get beaten. Oh, come on. There's a rumor floating around that the guy who replaced Cobb in center field uh, he's a married guy, and when his wife found out he had replaced Ty Cobb, she hit him in the head with a frying pan. What? Because she was mad that she's like, what do you think you are being a scab for Ty Cobb? Oh. Um, during the game, he had tried to catch a foul uh, fly ball, but it had bounced off his skull. 
So he's getting, I mean, well, he'd been severely concussed. And now he doubled, yeah, double concussed. Yeah, now a ball bounced off his head. He became a cop. Be, be that guy. Yeah. He, I, that would be my move. He became a cop. In reality? After this, yeah. So he was Thai cop. <laughs> I, would, I would go see a guy who could, like, head the ball and then catch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give me that guy. Travers graduated in 1913 and became a priest. He went and taught at Catholic school at Manhattan for eight years, then became dean of men at St. Joseph's College in 1939. I'm the dean of men. I'm the man, dean. The dean of men. Hello, man, I'm your dean. Which men? All men. All right, now let's, uh, nothing to giggle about. I'm the dean of men. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah, let me he... give you my card. Oh, you're a dean of men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a den. A denouement. We have a men den where I'm the dean of men. Oh, I like a men den. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was known as the man who saved the Detroit franchise, and he is, to this day, the only Catholic priest to play a Major League Baseball game. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't he should talk. have been on the Cardinals. <laughs> he should have. My God, yeah. Mm. Uh, he would never talk about the game, quote, even when he was asked. And the asking was usually done by uh, wise guys in a taunting way. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that time when you gave up 24 runs, dummy? What's up with you, hit Travis? <laughs> in 1916, the boxer without teeth, Billy Maharg, was hired as an assistant trainer and driver with the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. Well, too, Bob. <laughs> And they let him bat in the last game of 1916. Whoa. He did not get a hit. He grounded out. Well, still, that's pretty good. Uh, if I made contact, I'd feel pretty good. Yeah. And then after the game, he drove the catcher home because that was his job. Right. Sure. That was the end of his playing career, but not his baseball career. He was still involved in baseball because Maharg was involved in gambling. And in 1919, he helped fix the World Series and what became known as the Black Sox wow. scandal. Wow. <laughs> In which a few White Sox threw the World Series for $100,000. Maharg was the guy who helped set up the financing, who put them together with crime boss Arnold Rothstein to get the money, and he got other investors. you got to Now, look, it's pretty straightforward, okay? All we need to know, you know what I'm saying? Nothing but God saving. And make sure we go and make it look natural, boys. Make it look really big and natural. Hey, fellas, I don't know. I don't know what Billy's saying. We never do, but he's got a suitcase of money here, and I think we just take it and just it'd hope be, for the it'd best. It'd be great if he was like just doing a different thing, and he was just saying good luck to them, and they're like, "He said we get that briefcase if we play the game." Oh, Ben, just going there, uh huh? Thanks, man. But don't worry, about it. never be there. Never be in the cell. I would do my best with that. Let's take the money. I guess. We I guess we it. take it. Yeah, let's hey, get out of here. Where did that briefcase go? <laughs> where did they do the briefcase money? Oh no! But I didn't do anything. Your name is Mahar. My name is last name is actually Mahogany. Mahal. Oh. Mahal. Um, there were other investors who got involved, uh, but then Mahog and his partner were double crossed, and they got screwed in. The fixing of the World Series. They got screwed. Yeah, they had. Uh, I don't know how, but all the investors. I don't know what exactly happened. Right. Like they pro- they probably made bets and then didn't give them the money. That kind of thing. Okay. 
So now Maharg is mad, and he goes and tells a Philadelphia reporter the entire story of the fix. You don't want to believe that. So I'm not sure I'm following everything. So can you go back for you went and met with them? But that's not all of them. I told I very simply, if you don't, you may have this yet, and everybody's going to want to know, but not if you make it look natural. Okay, so boss, I met with the guy he told me to meet with, and here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's my notes. Uh, it says the, the world marries is mixed. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's the story uh, I guess we're going with. The world oh, marries that's the is one, mixed. That's what the next point. Do you th- and by the way, I don't like being anonymous at the whole. Okay. You're above my name then. No, you're not going to be an anonymous behold. You're above my name then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm asking a question. I know. Yes, it's a question. And I'm doing a rhetorical yes. Look, back traps. Back traps, yes. Steak fries. <laughs> Sorry, I did. Yes, yeah, steak Are fries. Are we doing lunch orders or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so eight players were indicted uh, And Mahar testified at the trial An observer said, quote He flashed enough diamonds on his fingers To buy a flock of autos I don't know By the way, they don't come in flocks <laughs> <laughs> The players were found not guilty And after the trial, Mahar celebrated with them Oh, baby. And then he gets drunk and he's like, so what I was saying to him before was quite simple. All we need to do is make sure we don't make it look like we've paid for anything. Um, uh, but all those players were banned from baseball. Right. Two had been on the 1912 Detroit Tigers. Wow. It is said the Cobb incident and the one-strike game led to the formation of a players' union the ball players fraternity, which eventually became the current union, the Major League Baseball Players Association. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that one game, how would you walk out? I you could not be pissed. You know, it was a different time. Like people I, I totally agree. Like I would just e- be like, this is amazing. I'm gonna watch this. Even when the NFL had the replacement refs, which was I mean, the it, it's amazing when you watch an organization that you consider to be like, I mean, again, I have obviously, as you know, many issues with the NFL. But even then, you were like, this is a well-run business. Yeah. They are, whether you, you know, there's many abysmal decisions they make. But as far as like product on the field mm-hmm. and keeping fans satisfied and satiated, that they're very good at that. And they, for three or four weeks of the regular season. Yeah. Allowed high school refs to, and you can see on the refs' faces, they're like, "Hey, can you believe this shit? <laughs> like, I can't believe we're actually out here. Like, I, a, I just do, I just do a penalty flag, uh, roughing the passer in an NFL game, and it was, and it was like crazy. Yeah, and and the NFL just kept being like, "No, they're they're gonna get better. They're gonna get better. Just give them a few, you know." And you're going, "Just get the fucking refs out here. Like, pay whatever that you have the money." And it, until it ended on uh, the Packers against the Seahawks on what was like, what just happened? You you really were like, for a minute, you were like, this is kind of enjoyable. Yeah. You know, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. 
And it was a little enjoyable to watch people where the moment I mean, was too big for them. I mean, the great thing is because we've seen, uh, you know, they did replacement players in football that yeah. uh, that one time. But this is different because this is a replacement team against a non-replacement team, which makes it that much more just, exciting. Just, that should be its own league. Yeah. <laughs> You know what you should do? I feel like they, I feel like we could just, like, I feel like boxing matches do this now where it's like, hey, this guy who used to be really good yeah. is going to fight this guy who's younger and not that good. Yeah. Like every, like, whatever, Jake Paul or Logan Paul fight, you're like, I mean, this guy shouldn't be fighting anymore, but yeah. you shouldn't be fighting. You should have retired players play younger players who shouldn't be playing. 100%. It'd be awesome. I know, just the guy. <laughs> uh,. Um, sources, a beating in the stands followed by one on the field by Jim Reisler in the New York Times. 103 years ago, that asshole Ty Cobb attacked a fan by Michael Jackman in wow. the Metro Times. Great. See, there's some good titling. <laughs> Throwback Thursday, Ty Cobb goes after a heckler and his teammates go on strike by Michael Weinreb in Vice. Um, Ty Cobb by Daniel Ginsburg uh, in the Society of American Baseball Research and Alan Travers by Gary Levacari in in the Society of American Baseball Research. Here would be my title. Take me out of the ball game because I'm going out to the crowd. Yes. Okay, I'm good. (laughs) Well, yeah, do you want to show the cup one more time, Luke? Really just show it off? Casey's. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. There you go. Oh, we got a band left.